then I'm going to give you my answer, which will blow yours out of the water. I have found typically that people are either in Camp Cruise or not in Camp Cruise. Like, you know, Trish, my wife hates Tom Cruise, but let me just. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She hates him. <laughs> Let's just start. I, I'm not even going to do all of his movies because I don't love all of his movies, but I'll do the ones that I love. Let's start in 81 with Taps, which, you know, I'm obsessed with Taps. It's like one of my favorite movies. You were this. that kid in high school. Uh, then we roll into The Outsiders in 83, Risky Business in 83, All the Right Moves in 83, Legend in 85, Top Gun in 86, Color of Money in 86, Cocktail in 88, Rain Man in 88, Born on the Fourth of July in 89. That, my friend, is a murderer's row of it's, films. It's really good. And that is range. That's the, your argument about like different characters. Go all the way from Born on the Fourth of July to Cocktail. No, except that. That's a, that's a good uh, one. Tom Cruise won the 80s. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few. Then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, do you know who won the loan industry competition? Sonic Loans. Sonic Loans. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Delicious. They are the premier mortgage broker in the world. Whatever you need, they have it. Reach out to Charlie and his team at sonicloans.com. They're going to guide you through the process. You don't have to be highly educated. You don't have to have a, a PhD in 80s movies to listen to Buzz in the Tower. And you don't Why have to have a doctorate. Well, I'm just giving the example. You have to have a doctorate in mortgages okay. and loans to be able to work with Sonic Loans. Charlie and his team do a great job at walking you through the process, making sure that you're not getting tagged with hidden fees and getting you the best possible rate that's out there. Tell him that Buzz in the Tower sent you and he is the absolute right guy and Sonic Loans is the right team to get you into your mortgage. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. For a free consultation, call 248-595-0001. When you're looking for the best attorney out there, 
the one who wins is all that matters. That's what a wise man once told me last week on our ads. You told me that all that matters is winning when it has to do with attorneys, correct? Well, yeah, you want the W. So today's episode is about who won the 80s, but we don't care about that right now. What we care about is who wins in the courtroom, and that is Ian and Bolton Legal Group. He's never lost a case. Ever. I don't know if that's true. It sounds true. <laughs> feels true. In my heart, it feels like he's a winner. Business law, real estate law, whatever you have as far as a legal need, Bolton Legal Group is the right group to go to. They're aggressive, efficient. They're going to make sure you win because the end of the game winning is the game and there's no room for losing and bolton legal group is going to take you to that victory reach out to ian let him know that buzz in the tower sent you and get ready to win your case today's episode who won the 80s the poet laureate connor mcleod of the clan mcleod once said that can be only one And those words ring as true today as they did when he uttered them thousands of years ago. Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And the 80s were filled with winners. Actors, actresses, directors, writers, producers, and even composers who dominated the cinema during the best decade of film deserve their recognition. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we'll provide the definitive list of movie magic makers who won the 1980s. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the dragon to my beaver, Max Sanders. And with that... If you're not first, you're Max. It's <laughs> not, not an '80s movie. You're a loser. <laughs> who's the guy, who's the actor that said that? Said that. Who's the Detroit Lions who beat the Bears today? <laughs> oh God! Two wins in a week, in a month, in a year, way to in blow, a row. Way to blow your chance for a quarterback. That's what you're doing. Hey, nothing is <laughs> nothing is promised in life except winning. What is best in life? The open step, fleet horse, falcons at your wrist. And the wind in your hair, or as you might say, frozen yogurt. frozen yogurt. Lizards at your Wrong! <laughs> Conan! To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of the women. It's so creepy every time you say that. Is it creepy because it's winning, and you don't get winning because you're a le-hue-zer? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to win at things. I'm okay losing. Yeah, no, that is the that is the creed of a loser. That is their... No, it's uh, not. Like All the billionaires like fail as much as you can, and then you become a billionaire. <laughs> That's how stuff works. Sorry, I coughed in the background. I'm allergic. Look to at Elon Musk. He's loser. losing right now. No, he's winning, dude. He <laughs> you think winning. so? Oh, yeah. There's a lot we don't need advertisers. Right We're leaving. Where are you going? <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Max, welcome to the show. Hi. We're uh, in a different angled position. We are. I like it. You I do? Because I'm not looking at you. I actually really enjoy not. And if I, have to, I have to look. You have to turn my head, and I can just see the side of your horrific looking profile. I have to multitask, like kind of side. <laughs> Too many profile. things. Yeah, it's too. hard. I'm really enjoying this new setup. <laughs> okay. Because if there was like a studio audience in front of us, this would be perfect. I'd be looking at them instead of you. Would you pick out one person to stare at, or would you look at everybody? I'd look at everybody at the same time. <laughs> really? You can do yeah. that? I would give an ocular pat down, as <laughs> always, and make sure they're assessing the threats. <laughs> we should give you some of the sunglasses. We should just talk about nothing, but it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, how many 80s references? So they got Weekend at Bernie's, the Lethal oh, Weapon series. On, we can't even go down that. The two shows that I think are do the best job at 80s references. Workaholics. Workaholics, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's really good. Max, we are here. We are excited. We've got another topic. Let's begin where we always begin and share with our wonderful listeners that if you have not yet 
yet subscribed or are not following us, go to your preferred podcast player and do so. If you're using Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe and you can leave a review. And I believe you can leave five stars. And uh, who else can we leave stars with? Spotify. Spotify you can leave yeah. stars as well. Every time you do that, an angel gets its wings. I, I want... No, devil gets his horns. No, or both. <laughs> Depends who you're leaving the review for. I just watched Little Monsters. When his horns pop out, it's it great. freaked me out. Fred Savage's best. It, yeah, and also, uh, what's his name? Uh, his younger brother's awesome, Ben. Ben Savage. Yeah, yeah. Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, yeah. He's so cute as a little kid. His you're, little blonde God, girls. you are really excited about this. Yeah, I'm a little delirious. My God. I'm on like five hours sleep. You always have an excuse, and that's why you don't win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In addition to subscribing. You're a Lions fan. You don't want anything. Hey, 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 hey. I'm more used to winning than you In the NFC North, we have the second best record in division. (laughs) Is that the highlight of your Lions? That's the highlight of my day. We beat the Packers. We beat the Bears. (laughs) Your your division's a dumpster fire. By the way, I should note we received a formal complaint from one of our sponsors uh, after last week's lampooning of the Michigan State Spartans. Our Bolton, (laughs) Bolton Legal Group reached out and was threatening to pull their ad dollars, so... We're going to want to be careful about that. Uh, in addition to that, if you want more content. Go green, go white. There you go. Oh, can't Jesus read, can't Christ. write. Oh, come on now. <laughs> if you want more content, which we know you do, follow us on all social media platforms at Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. And Max, with the holiday season upon us, if you want to show that special someone in your life that you love them, do not buy them a Lexus and put a red bow around it. That doesn't tell them that you love them. Do That's not, always seeming weird to me. Every kiss begins with K. Or go, go, don't go to Jared. Don't get diamonds. Don't get wristwatches. Don't donate a kidney. Go to buzzinthetower.com, B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Check out our store and get them officially licensed merchandise from the only podcast that matters, Buzz in the Tower. It's so cozy. It's so choice. If you have the means, I. <laughs> it's right off the beginning. You like that? I brought yeah, that I back. Did, I, Klaatu Barata. <laughs> that wasn't from the 80s. Thank you, Max. Yeah. That's your, God, you're going to be sharp today, I can tell. <laughs> Zing. And for the ultimate Flex. If you want to peacock in front of all your friends and foes, you want to show them how tough and, and kind you are. Why are you hanging out with your foes? I got foes. Do you? In different area codes. <laughs> I got you like foes. That? You like that one? That was 319 <laughs> 718-212. I got mad people at me. How about you? I'm so white. You are. It's terrible. Anyways, uh, patreon.com slash buzz in the tower. And Max, uh, we have some feedback from our Patreons, from our co-pilots for today's episode. When you we get, tell me that. Uh, I do a lot of things when you're not looking. I don't have the password to Patreon. So there's I don't even there's know a reason. <laughs> there is a reason. Yeah, uh, I do weird stuff. We've got great feedback from them on today's topic, which why don't we jump into right now? Although, before we jump into the topic, I do have one last thing. I'm sure many of you know this from listening to the podcast, but Max and I are lovers of animals. Gotta have him. Boy, did that come out wrong. <laughs> but we both adore and love it. Now, Max is definitely not as good of a human being as I am, as he gets designer dogs and obviously is part of the breeding overpopulation <laughs> issue. Whereas I get emotionally screwed up pets that are rescue animals, and I have a rich history of that. I'm very happy. But I, I made my decision. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> but I will suggest that if you're looking for a companion, there's nothing better than adopting a rescue animal. They're the most loving. They're the most wonderful. I do still give Max points, though, for loving animals. The reason I'm bringing this up is we have a new friend, Sammy Robin, and I mentioned to her as we were connecting via the podcast that I would give a shout out. She is heavily involved with pity rescues, pit bull rescues, and there's one in Maryland. There's a group called Pities and Purrs. So if you go to pities, P-I-T-T-I-E-S, and purrs.org, you can find this incredible organization organization. If you have a couple dollars to spend that you're not using on officially licensed merchandise from buzzinthetower.com, 
next best place. Go support this local rescue in Maryland. And Sammy, thanks so much for bringing it to our attention and to all of our fans and listeners. If you've got something you're passionate about, if you got a cause and it's a good cause, uh, we'll always support it because you're supporting us by listening and we will support you by talking. Or a bad or evil cause. I'll announce those ones. Dear God. What would be an evil cause? <laughs> like Dr. Evil sponsorship? Like what? Do, what's a bad cause? I really wish sometimes you just wouldn't talk. <laughs> It's like Pablo from the Many Eating Cartels decided we'd like to sponsor. Your um, your inconsistent sense of humor is staggering to me. What do you mean? <laughs> Timing. No, is it is it that bad? Like, no, it's you're really funny. You're doing a great job. I get picked up for another season because of how strong you are. Get the pity thing off your screen. I can't is it stop distracting looking. Distracting you. Right, Look at his oh, eyes. He's adorable. The, the, yeah. the home screen with his little pimple. He's just uh, oh, yeah, boo. <laughs> oh, yeah, boo, yeah, boo. I love the TikToks where you see pities in little like outfits and they're just so happy. Yeah. Yeah. They're adorable. They are. Okay. Uh, that all being said, that covers all the basics. Are we ready to jump into the shoe? Head first. Head first. All right. So today's episode, who won the eighties question mark me. So the idea behind this show is, and I want to be very specific about this as usual. This is somewhat up to interpretation of what Max and I believe in, but we took the major categories, right? Actor, actress, director, writer, child, actor, producer, composer. And in those categories in the eighties, who won? Who is the one standout that just was stronger, tougher, bigger, better than anyone else that you want to hang your hat on? And it's kind of fun to look at it that way because I'm not asking who had the better full career because there's some people that blossomed at the end of the 80s and then just crushed the 90s. And there's some people that rocked it in the 70s, had maybe one hit early 80s. I'm talking just their body of work in the 80s. Who won the 80s? Who is the actor that won the 80s? Who is the actress that won the 80s? So it's like an MVP discussion in sports. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's up for debate. Like. Were you valuable to your team? Were you the best person like on stage? What was your presence? There's a lot of different arguments about it. And I'm curious. I have a few controversial things and I'm willing oh, that's to. That's so shocking. What? You always have controversial answers. Weird Al, best director. God bless it. By the way, the new Weird Al movie. You do not like it, right? It's really bad. Yeah. I laughed. <laughs> he gets murdered at the end. <laughs> really? I mean, it's a satire. The whole thing's right, a satire. Right, well, yeah, I know because he's still alive. So it's obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> he has this weird relationship with Madonna. And I, all his songs, uh, like. They're not at a certain point. Some of his songs aren't satires like Michael Jackson made beat it based on eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you done? Yeah. Good. Good. So, Max, we're going to rip through the categories and I will provide you. I have multiple patrons answers for each of these as well. We do not know who we picked for each other. And uh, I will let you go first on every category. And well, because I've got the patron answer. So I have to hear your answers. Then I can decide whether I want to give you one of our co-pilots. So we're going to start off out the gate with actor. Who is the actor that, in your opinion, just absolutely owned the 1980s? So I thought about this a lot. Is it a person that is the biggest star? But I, I kind of landed on, I wanted diversity of iconic roles throughout the genre. Multiple pop cultural foundational roles that define the era even now. So I went Michael Keaton. Wow. Do you have it or no? Are you I, right? I did not have Michael Keaton, no. nor, nor do any of our co-pilots. What? Um, make your case, because that's a little bit of a bold statement, but make your case. So first of all, do you know what his real name is? Michael Keaton? Michael Douglas. Oh. Isn't that wild? It is. I, I mean... I just never knew that. Yeah. I don't know that I'd call it wild. That's kind of like a real normal Hollywood thing. No, but you think other Michael Douglas, Gecko. You right. know? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why he went by Michael Keaton. And do you know he was a flying zucchini brother on Mr. Rogers? Did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my case is, first of all, who won the 80s? Who looks like in a time capsule? If aliens come down and say, what did the 80s look like, feel like? 
it's Michael Keaton, the body type, you know, that kind of thin, but not like overly muscular comedic hair. I mean, his comedic stylings and his darkness at times, like he had this variety to him that just feels very 80s and how the 80s movies were. And he had a rise and fall and a comeback. So I just feel like he defined what the 80s were all about. So do you want to walk through his movies? Do you, or, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would like you to walk. Through I know his it's movies. weird. It's weird. You're giving me. I, I have no. I'm giving you time. I have no obligation to do the, your part of the show for you. Okay. So night shift. Be a grown boy. Night shift. <laughs> he comes on the scene. Bill Blajewatsky, and he's just hilarious in that movie. He's I, very funny. In that I movie. hate that movie for the most part. I know it's weird. I, it's a Ron Howard movie. I, yeah, it's good. But he's just hilarious, kind of as a guy who doesn't know how to spend money and gets a pimp mobile and all that stuff. Can I say Pitmobile or no? I, you can say Pitmobile. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mom is <laughs> one of my favorites. You love Mr. You Mom. You don't like it as much as I do. I do like it. You just, you love Mr. 20, Mom. 2021, I think part. I think the reason that you love Mr. Mom is because of your complete inability to understand what it's like to be a parent. So yeah. You look at that and you're like, oh, like, Crash that's, course. that's what being a parent is. Yeah, the blanky speech, you know what I mean? Sure, and like sure. training the other moms and yeah. playing poker. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, and then he did a satire movie, Johnny Dangerously, which I hated, but I get the merit of it all. You like Johnny Dangerously. I do. Yeah. Gun- I love you. You're not, when you tell me that Michael Keaton won the 80s, yeah. you're not making a case in my mind that's like crazy. I love Michael Keaton. I just, there are so many better answers than this. Nope. So, <laughs> <laughs> Gung Ho, classic 80s movie, you know, working man. Sure. Tries to understand. On the line. Culture. Yeah. Making cars. Giving speeches about high school basketball. Sure. Kind of like you. <laughs> and am I, am I a modern day Michael Keaton? Uh, no, you're more... I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. No, 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 no. No, I'm not Batman. So there's two movies I've never heard of. Touch and Go, where he's, an, where he's an ice hockey star who falls in love with the mom of a boy who tried to rob him. You know, hockey was really big in the 80s. Yeah. There's a lot of hockey movies. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. 70 slap shot and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. The Squeeze, which is him and Ray Dong Chong, where a mystery bong spells... Mystery bong. No, that's wrong. Why don't you sing a song? <laughs> a mystery box spells danger for a con man and a female detective. So that's fun. But then Beetlejuice. He's on screen for 14 minutes. Yeah. It's iconic to this day. There's a Broadway musical in New York, which yeah. is incredible. You show anyone that outfit, you say anything from that movie. Everyone, there's, a, a, there's a TikTok right now. I hope you like Italian. Remember that? Have you I seen, do. You yes. have, yeah. yeah. Have, so there's TikToks right now like about Beetlejuice. And then the original Batman, which sprawled all this incredible Batman stuff that has happened since then. Those two roles in the end solidified him as two of the most, I would say, top 10 iconic roles of the 80s. The problem. <sighs> what? Here's the problem. I think you're letting your heart make your decision instead of objectively looking at what winning the 80s means. So what you're doing right now to me is being a Detroit Lions fan. Like you love your team so much that you're ignoring just the statistics, right? So when you talk about who won the 80s, so I'm going I'm to go right to some of our co-pilots, right? Yep. So Missy said Eddie Murphy. So I thought about that initially. Well, Before you even say a word, I want you to remember Eddie Murphy, okay? Nominated for the Golden Globe for New Star of the Year in 83 for 48 Hours. Best Actor in 84 for Trading Places. 85, Beverly Hills Cop. Grammy in 83 and 84 for Best Comedy Album. I mean, like, I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, not telling you that Michael Keaton isn't great, but that's, that's just Eddie Murphy, and that's not even who I picked. I just think Missy made a solid case. So here's what's interesting about Eddie Murphy, though. Who won the 80s? I think more of, like... The variety of what they did. Eddie Murphy is just being Eddie Murphy throughout the entire 80s. 
name one role where he's really acting. He's just Eddie Murphy. He's just he's in Beverly Hills Cop. He's just improvising and making fun. And just My, you think Michael Keaton has range? He's always Michael Keaton. That's what's great about him. No, have you seen Clean and Sober? No. Yeah, he's uh. When, when did that movie come out? Eighty eight. All right. He's a recovering drug addict and like has a serious problem and like. Uh, all right, let me move on from her. Let me give you more, okay? Yeah, and wait, what? Mr. Mom and Batman are similar. Uh, Ryan Lavender said <laughs> said Har- Harrison Ford nominated for best uh, actor in eighty five for Witness. See, is he an actor though? Because it, he's just a pompous, good looking guy throughout the eighties. Golden Globe nominee in eighty six for Witness, eighty seven Mosquito Coast which I know you didn't particularly like Mosquito Coast. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm only giving you the awards cuz some people like the the next one uh Chris Williams, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He didn't get an award for anything, but you could sure as hell make a case that he won the 80s. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so like I I'm not I'm not poo-pooing Michael Keaton as an actor. He's brilliant, he's wonderful, but Max, I mean, Michael Keaton part of you have recency bias cuz you love him. Like I love him today. Get him get him in front of me. I'll watch anything he's in. I just don't know that you could say he won the 80s. Uh I well, will he was also dating Courtney Cox and Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, uh, let me give you another yeah, let me give sad. you let me give Give you one more co-pilot, Paul, yeah. Paul Cavanaugh, John Candy. That's a good one. I but, mean, I, I, couldn't you make a hell of a case for John Candy winning the 80s? I mean, so, what do you have, like 15 roles in the 80s and they were all bangers? So best actor means acting. John Candy plays. You're splitting hairs. And you, don't, I, you don't Because you don't know that. No, jo- it's the same thing. Like I said, most valuable player. It's defining it in a okay, different way. Then I'm going to give you my answer, which will blow yours out of the water. And it's an unequivocal one. So I'm going with, and I actually happen to pick the same person that one of our uh, co-pilots picked, Remo Hunt. And he's right. And this is why I have the exact same answer. Tom Cruise. I have found i have found typically that people are either in camp cruise or not in camp cruise like you know trish my wife hates tom cruise but let me just i didn't know that oh yeah she hates him <laughs> let's just start I, i'm not even gonna do all of his movies because i don't love all of his movies but i'll do the ones that i love let's start in 81 with taps which you know i'm obsessed with taps it's like one of my favorite movies you were his. that kid in high school uh then we roll into the outsiders in 83 risky business in 83 all the right moves in 83 legend in 85 top gun in 86 color of money in 86 cocktail in 88 rain man in 88 born on the 4th of july in 89 that my friend is a murderer's row of films it's really good and that is range that's your argument about like different characters go all the way from born on the 4th of july to cocktail no except that that's a that's a good one tom cruise won the 80s but he's five foot two. I know. Yeah. And there's other guys who, I mean, I would say Anthony Michael Hall. You can make a hell of an argument for him in the 80s. Now, are, to your argument, him? very similar roles yeah. in everything he plays, except Johnny B. Good, which didn't feel right. Uh, so I'm with you. There's some some variance there. <laughs> so my backup, I mean, we have different ideas of this. My backup was Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Well, because in what other decade who won the 80s? It's like, in what other decade could he be a star? But that doesn't mean you won the 80s. That's almost like one of those analytic things where you're like, oh, you know, yeah, sure. Barry Sanders was great. But if he was playing in today's NFL, would he do as well? Like, I I, I don't know. Because he's, he's not in today's NFL. I just know that. Well, that's in, the point when of this played, discussion. Yeah, you're wrong. Your your first pick was, and I hate saying it was garbage because I love Michael Keaton. But like, as usual, Max, you're Batman and Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's two movies, two great movies. Two amazing movies. And Mr. Mom. So then could I just made the argument that Arnold Schwarzenegger won the 80s because of Predator? No. <laughs> Why? Is Predator on its own merit the best movie you and I have ever seen? Yeah, but it's not good uh, acting. Sh- sh- it's just him saying like qu- five words. Quiet, Max. Think about it. Think about it. It's not the best movie of the 80s. You're cooked, buddy. I will say that Fine. later. Uh, Michael J. Fox. 
Back to the Future would easily be one of the best movies of the 80s. He's just an OG's kid. He's not an OG's kid. He's in that one movie. Uh, he's in a couple movies where he's not an OG's kid. What? Big, Bright Lights, Big City? Yeah. Stunk. And you Six, have a Secret of My Success. There's like an incest subplot. In both that and Back <laughs> to the, the Future. He's yeah. Marty oh, McFly. Jesus Christ. He right. plays Marty McFly in that movie. Are we ready to move on? Yeah. I don't think you did a very good job. We're going to have to post one. like who won this. Who won I, the this one? This isn't a one. Like you, I, Most of mine, honestly, were picked by our patrons, which makes me feel good. And very, I guarantee none of yours will be picked by our patrons. Yeah, confirmation bias. My God, Max. All right, Max, you're up. Going to actress. Let's see if you could do a little bit better this time than you did the previous. This is my most typical one, and you probably have this one, too, so I'm ashamed. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sigourney Weaver. So that is one that multiple uh, patrons have. So let me tell you who the patrons were that had it. By the way, I think it's a great pick. I don't think it's typical, and I actually think that's a smart pick. Thank you. Because going to your argument of range... She covers the whole spectrum she does. from like superhero sci-fi to like rom com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it's a great thriller. Pick. Have so, you seen Eyewitness? I have. Yeah. So Ryan Lamander had Sigourney Weaver, and so did Chris Williams. And it's a great pick. It's a it's a great pick. So she was nominated for eighty seven Aliens. Yeah. Uh, supporting actress in eighty nine Gorillas in the Mist and Working Girl, and for the Golden Globes, the same. She won for Gorillas in the Mist and for Working Girl. Have you seen Gorillas in the Mist? No, I it's haven't. A beautiful movie. Yeah, I really need to. Her range is incredible. And then you throw in Ghostbusters, which I haven't even spoke about yet. But yeah, she, Dana Barrett. She's great as Dana Barrett in Ghostbusters. She's got chemistry with Bill Murray. She is the, in my opinion, I have not ever seen a better female action hero in a movie than her in Aliens. Yeah. So. This is like the high point is so much higher than everyone else's because what other female in an action movie kicked so much butt and was so believable? I, I think to this day, I don't think anyone's even near her. Yeah, Atomic I mean, Blonde, it's, it's, Charlize Theron. No, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a Max. Yeah. I approve of your pick. All right. You know who my backup was? You don't don't tell it. me your backup yet. Okay. <laughs> Unless you are sure that I don't I am sure. Okay. Kim Cattrall. Oh, Jesus. That's a terrible backup. Porky's oh, Police Porky's Academy. Academy. Yeah, Big Trouble. And Mannequin. Jesus. That's when in the 80s, that's a mur- that, That's a murderer's row of movies <laughs> right there. <laughs> we talk about those all the time. I know. Yeah. That's amazing. She should have been in Weekend at Bernie's. You should have been in Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I, I wish I was the body. <laughs> you do. Just washing up on shore. All right. Let me give you a couple other of our patrons picks. Uh, Missy went with Molly Ringwald, which was a great pick. Golden Globe for New Star of the Year in 83 for The Tempest. Uh, Remo went with Helen Hunt, which I thought was kind of a wild pick. But the more I looked at him, like, I, I could kind of see Project that. X. What else is she in? Not a lot. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Paul Cavanaugh also went with Molly Ringwald. A lot of Molly Ringwald. I mean, for me, this was kind of easy, right? I'm, I'm surprised. You you know who I picked, right? Val Kilmer. <laughs> you. Um, God, I hate when you do that. <laughs> you know who I picked, right? Let's try again. Oh, Come it's on. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, I don't know. If the shoe fits, Max. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. She's always the girl Max, next door. Max. With an attitude. Max. What? Karate Kid. Yep. Adventures in Babysitting. Alley with an eye. Cocktail. Yep. Back to the Future 2. Yep. And of course, Back to the Future 3, which I can't talk about because it was in the 90s. So when did she get serious? Everything's light. No, I don't think everything's light. Cocktail is not light, buddy. Uh, she was pregnant out of wedlock. She's dumping milkshakes on Tom Cruise's <laughs> head inside so of a ridiculous. restaurant. You know, it's so she's funny. Champagne when she's pregnant. Cocktail, know. cocktail is widely panned as like uh, like one of Tom Cruise's worst movies. It made two hundred million dollars. I love cocktail. Who doesn't love cocktail? So a the lot critics of people it. don't like. No, cocktail. Every, someone on Instagram messaged me and said they don't love cocktail. I, no, no, I'm saying. Oh, you want them to message? I you. dare you to. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I double dog dare well, you. Well, we can't really afford to lose down in customers right now. Okay. Way down in Coca, Bermuda, Bahama, come on. So what's your argument? Mama. She's just excellent to look at? <laughs> no, when I when I think of who won the 80s. Yeah. So first of all, she comes in and takes the role of Jennifer Parker in the second movie. Mind you, back to the first Back to the Future 
was an unstoppable blockbuster. She comes in into Back to the Future Part 2. Nobody even bats an eye. She, that, is, she is great at feigning. Right, but that, to me, I mean, she's great at feigning. That's great. What? She is. I picked her as the person who won the 80s because when I independently look at her roles, which I think are different, I don't think she's the same person in Adventures in Babysitting that she is in The Karate Kid, and I don't think she's the same person in The Karate Kid that she's in Cocktail. So she's got range, and she covers, for, again, for me, she covers four of my favorite movies from the era. Okay. I don't have another female actress that shows up that many times, right? I love Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth, but there's not a ton of other stuff she does that nope. I love. I really like Molly Ringwald in 16 Candles, but I'm not huge into Pretty in Pink. What about Breakfast Club? Okay. I'm not like I, I'm not a huge I'm, I'm not a huge Breakfast Club guy. I like her, but I'm not huge. Um and then Watts yes. from Some Kind of Wonderful. Yeah. Um and and she's not in a ton of other stuff that I love. Now, the only argument you can make against everything I just said, and I was tempted to even put her in there is Leah Thompson. I was gonna say Leah Thompson, but here's what here's the problem. Howard the Duck kills it for me. No. <laughs> can't I can't say she won. I can't say anybody won the eighties that was involved with Howard the Duck. Best on screen chemistry I've ever seen. <laughs> Between an animatronic duck. <laughs> there was a, a small person in there. There was maybe. I don't know. All right, Max. Uh, Quato. <laughs> <laughs> Quaid. Quaid, start the reactor. Why would he say his own name? <laughs> he didn't say his own name. No, I said Quato. Yeah, why? Oh, you said Quato. Yeah, because yeah, you're <laughs> Quato. <laughs> oh, good. You know what? That's great. I didn't even pick up on it until yeah. you pointed it out. That's funny. All right, Max, that takes us over to Director. So this is my big Whoa, sweet. slow down. Slow down. Have an ad. Let's relax. Okay, now you can go. Sit on the couch. Have, stay a while. Stay a while. <laughs> what do you got for Director? We- Director's a tricky one. This is my biggest swing, and you're going to oh, hate it. God, Max. So let me ask you. Please do. What makes a director special? Can I, can I counter that question with a question? <laughs> sure. Is, is being special what won the 80s? For me... So the thing is, the surface level to me, I'm more of an auteur and more into like art house films than you are. You're kind of more popcorn, you know, trash panda. I'm more sophisticated when it comes to this stuff. Well, I can't wait to hear what you're. I can't <laughs> you're wait to, to hear. No matter what, what I say, uh, no, now, you're about to I cannot <laughs> wait to hear what your selection is for the director that won the '80s. So on the surface for directing. It's that they have a style. They master conveying a story from their unique perspective. Sure. You see a Brian De Palma movie, you know, it's going to be thrillery and kind of like Alfred Hitchcock-like. Right. James Cameron, big action pieces. I mean, just like very kind of over-the-top blockbuster. Right, right. The deeper, truer sign of greatness is a director transcending a genre, like redefining the medium and elevating material into another plane of entertainment that did not exist before nor after. Got it. You're so annoyed. No, I, I I mean, this is the most pompous you've ever been. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. So I'm going. <laughs> Your answer is going to be so bad. I can feel it in my bones. This person had one directing credit in the 80s. <laughs> this is so dumb. Yeah. You're so dumb. I'm going Paul Brickman. Do you know who that is? No, I can't think of who that is. <laughs> he also wrote this movie, Risky Business. Uh, Max. So listen to me. Listen uh, to me. Okay. All right. Now I got me all nervous. <laughs> So okay, go ahead. In this time period, teen movies were basically like, oh, annoying kid brother, and let's go to detention together, and like we're going to bond over you know four hours. Like very unrealistic, fun kind of popcorn movies. And this movie just has a different 
perspective. It's a little darker and it's kind of, it feels like an art house movie and there's like perversion and insecurity tied with high school. How getting into Princeton could be by bending the rules, by having that party with Lana. How Lana really isn't trustworthy, that guys like Guido can kind of win in the end and your friends like Miles will be awful and your parents can be cold and callous and it just felt, it felt like a new standard that it's okay to make a teen movie that's kind of realistic, painful and dark and weird. This to me is the Colts hiring Jeff Saturday as their head coach. Did they win today? I don't know. Okay, I didn't. I don't care he, if they won. He today. gave a great speech, Max. Did you see his speech? M- me let me let me give you let me give you the analogy. Let me explain the analogy. Okay. Sometimes he sometimes people try to be the smartest person in the room, and sometimes it's unnecessary. Sometimes there's enough options and enough opportunity that you don't have to make this incredibly ridiculous argument about something that just doesn't work. Winning the 80s as a director, there are at least, at least four no-brainer options. Four options where you could say it and I'd have a hell of a time fighting against you. I'm going to call that the tier one. Then there's the tier two where you could make the same argument that you just made. Carpenter. Carpenter did not have all these movies that he made in the 80s that were all blockbusters, but he redefined the genre. He pushed the limits of what the norms were. He And plus, he was vacillating in between sci-fi and horror films. I would take Carpenter as an argument in a tier two argument. What you're doing is you're trying to be sexy and it isn't working. It's my favorite movie from but, the eighties. It's a, but that doesn't most. justify who won the eighties when it's a director. Well, it's, I've, I've, when we get to composers, I have a favorite song, but I can't ignore the body of work through 80, 81, 82, 83, all the way to 89. buddy. So let me, let you're me, very confused on how this works. So let me put this, put it this way for you. Let's say world series. It's game seven, bottom of the ninth, Two outs. That does. That's not who won loaded. the eighties. Well, who won the MVP of the eighties? If no, the guy hits a home the, run, you're, you're changing what the episode is. I'm look. You can live with your answers, but this we have to do a better job before we do the episodes of really helping you understand no. what the episodes are about. This is madness. No, madness. this is madness. This, this is, madness. is Sparta. This is absolute Kick madness. <laughs> if you if the name of the episode was "Gun to Your Head," what director are you taking into war? Make this case. Yeah, but you're not making that case. You're saying who won the eighties. Whose body of work won the 80s? He's so mysterious. Who was the uh, Asian American who played for the Lakers? Jackie Chan. And came out of nowhere and just crushed it that one uh, year? Jeremy Lin. Okay. What, when was that in the 90s? No, that was 2009. Was it? Yeah. Okay, so 2000 to 2010. Yeah. If I asked you who won that decade, would you use his name? No. If I asked you that one year, who won that year, you absolutely could say it was him. But to make the case that in that 10-year span, that he was better than Kobe, he was better than Shaq, he was better. That's insane. And that's what you're doing. You're taking a very isolated sample and saying, this guy, this guy crushed it. That's madness. Sometimes you have to say, what the heck? Have I done a good enough job of explaining why you're wrong? What do you got? Well, I'll go to our co-pilots first, who all have better answers than you. Uh, like literally every single one of them. I hope that the rest of these are like this. I'm shutting you down. I might just do that was me, my, me that was my, my quirky one. That was your quirky one. Your yeah. first one was quirky, too. I don't know. <laughs> Call me Corky Romano. I will call you Corky. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that show, isn't that show about um? um no, uh, that's Chris Kattan and the oh, mobster movie. I'm thinking of. Uh, never mind. That's terrible. I was thinking Ray of, Romano. No, there's a. There used to be a show that was Parmesan about. Uh, it was about uh, a disabled adult. 
uh, I think he was on the on the spectrum of autism. Jesus, I think his name was Corky. I had to check it up because I was like, why am I? There was a show called Life Goes On that was on from eighty nine to ninety three. Okay, about uh, I, th- I believe he had Down syndrome. I could be mistaken. His name was Corky. That's and really when you bad. were when you were friends, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, what do you give me some stuff? All right, I'll give you some stuff. I'll give you the stuff. Fill me up. That's gonna cut that out for sure. <laughs> Can you please? I'm dead. I don't please, care. Please, please stop. For the love of God, please stop. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Rukas <laughs> and back puking his guts out. All right. I think I told you Ryan Lavender had John Carpenter. That was uh, my second choice. Chris Williams and Remo Hunt both had Spielberg, who was nominated for Best Picture uh, and Director for 83 ET and Best Picture for The Color Purple. Um, I think some other awards as well, some maybe Golden Globes for Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, and a few other of his movies. Spielberg's kind of the easy one. but Empire I, of the Sun. Yeah, I think the only reason that I would not pick Spielberg, for me, again, this is just for me, is because his best work wasn't in the 80s. I think his best work was in the 90s. He won his first Oscar. Yeah, uh, the with, Jurassic Park. The Schindler's, Schindler's List, 90, yeah. yeah. Same Brian Ryan. Yeah, so my pick was the same as Missy's. Again, I mean, her and I are, I guess, in lockstep here, but uh, John Hughes. You got to go with John Hughes is the director who won the 80s. 84, 16 Candles, 85, The Breakfast Club, 85, Weird Science, 86, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 87, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 88, She's Having a Baby. I don't like that movie. I love that movie. 89, Uncle Buck. Yeah, it's really a good line. Max. Isn't he a better writer, though? It doesn't matter. You yeah. asked who won the 80s. Yeah. And I just gave you... I just gave you... One, two, forget she's having a baby. So they became cult classics in the 80s. Was- Max. Okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off Alone. Yeah, fine. Pair that with Uncle Buck and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. How about just those three? I'll throw in a little weird science just for <laughs> yeah, fun. I do love Lisa. Come on, man. I mean, how do you, that's my whole point that I was trying to make to you about these tier one versus tier two. Spielberg, Hughes, Carpenter. How do you, ex- how do you skip over all those names? I don't even know the name of the guy you listed. I couldn't even remember it. What was it again? It was, uh, hey, you pooped the bed. <laughs> Moving on. Actually, before we move on, why don't we take a break so you can collect yourself and we'll have a few words from our sponsors. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at wearedolby.com. Simon and his team at Dolby Real Estate are winners. He only hires winners. He only hires people who win. That was what hiring winners means, in case you didn't know, Max. I was clarifying it for you. His last name is Winnington. Yes. In fact, Winnington the third. Oh. No, no. Winnington the first. Because he's only first. If you're looking for a house. or Winning wa- rocks. There you go. If you're looking. <laughs> timing. If you're looking for a new home or you're looking to get out of the house that you're in, go with the winners, go with Dolby Real Estate. They're the premier provider of all things real estate in Southeast Michigan, Northwest East, that's nine, two, three, eight, five. Yes, I'm calling from a walkie-talkie. Make sure you reach out to Dolby Real Estate. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. They are gonna take care of you. 400 million in sales in 2021, a thousand homes sold. They are the winning team. All right, Max, we're down to our last three. We've got a writer, child actor, and producer. Nope, you got composer, too. And composer. Dummy. Four left. Four <laughs> left. And we never did. What? It's from The Simpsons. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, writer. So this one, I, I went. Oh, here we go. You're already laughing. It's not going to be good. No, it, you just stole it. It's John Hughes. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have his writing list? Uh yeah, he wrote on paper and pencil. <laughs> I'll pull it up for you. Hold on. 
It's 16 credits. I know that. He has 16. As a writer, in the 80s, we've got National Lampoon Vacation, 16 Candles, Mr. Mom, The Breakfast Club, National Lampoon European Vacation, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Some Kind of Wonderful Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation, and Max, God help us, if we went to 90 and you could throw Home Alone in there, it'd be all over. It's amazing. Yeah. And also, he could churn things out in two to three days. Like, yeah. no one does that. Yeah. He would lock himself in an apartment for a weekend and come out with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm with you. How is that possible? I, it's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. It is amazing. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Do you have him too? Is that your winner? I don't. I'll tell you our co-pilots picks first, and then I'll give you mine. Uh, Missy a- had John Hughes. Yep. Ryan Lavender had Timothy Harris. So you should know this because you just brought this up the other day. And I, and it's a hell of a case. It's a not it's not the sexiest name, and you wouldn't recognize it right away. Trading Places, Brewster's Millions. Oh, Yeah. Twins. Twins, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. And then rolls into Kindergarten Cop, Pure Luck, Space Jam. Yeah, not 80s. I know it's not the 80s. (laughs) Thank you. And also, you missed his writing partner. He's a duo. You're a duo. And I didn't miss anything. I'm just telling you what our our co-pilot wrote. Uh, Chris Williams, Harold Ramis. That was that, a really good one. That was one, one of my backups. Yep. Uh, and then everybody else was uh, Remo and Paul were both uh, John Hughes. So what's yours? Mine is a little bit edgy. I mean, I certainly not as weird as yours, but this is just a sweet spot for me because I've been going really heavy on the, you know, rom com, you know, John Hughes feel. Uh, I went with Shane Black. Lethal Weapon, Monster Squad, Lethal Weapon 2. And again, God help me if we went into the 90s, The Last Boy Scout. And I'm giving him writing credit for Predator because I know that he was doing script cleanup on that. You know, Mo, there's a lot of tier one answers you could have given, and you just went with the lower tier. I don't think you understand the rules to this game. Well, your example for your director had (laughs) one, one film that he did in the 80s. Mine had multiple films. Yeah, three versus 18. I think we're good. Three versus 18. John Hughes. Wrote 18 movies. You know, I understand that. We're talking if you're comparing my pick to being even on the same level as your pick for a director, you're I do wrong. Like Shane you're Black. wrong. Yeah, dude, Shane Black's the man. He was the man. He kind of burnt out. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> we're not talking about Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Max. All right. That takes us from writer to child actor. This was my favorite one. Yeah. This was my hands down my favorite one. So I had a question. Does this mean they had to be a child all throughout or they could grow up or what's the deal? Also, what's child? Under 18? Um, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of flex on this because I took some flex on this. Okay. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> God, you're a moron. What? You love you love squeezing Keanu Reeves into stuff. When was the last time I squeezed Keanu Reeves into something, Max? Uh, last night. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Oh, man. You I, seen the new John Wick trailer? Yes. Looks pretty good. It does look good. I'm thinking I'm back. It's not bad. It's a good. It's not. You know what? As as far as your imitations (laughs) go, it's not your worst. Yeah. There's like a thirty percent recognition. You're like, oh, cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poop on it. Yeah. Like your pick for director, (laughs) Paul Brickman, baby. He's a brick. Are you gonna tell me who your child actor is? No, it's all right. Please, like, we just ramble on for another hour and a half. So I went for someone who was like the definition of a kid in the '80s, who was kind of like smarter than his age, but he's little and he's kind of like a smart talking, big headed, wide eyed. Like you feel like. When you know when you're little and you feel like the world doesn't take you seriously, yeah, yeah, I I, I believe that you still feel that way. <laughs> just FYI. So this is my spirit animal that way. I want Fred Savage. Oh, because it's only a three year period. He let's see. I, I'm not see this. I won't poo poo because even though it's a smaller window and yeah. he didn't do a ton of movies, the few that he did were butt kickers. Yeah, The Wizard, Little Monsters, Vice Versa, and The Princess Bride. God, I love The Wizard. Yeah. 
The wizard's awesome. I think one of our co-pilots had that too. Let me take a look. Yeah, Missy had Fred Savage. Sweet. So he's always like the smart talking, like kind of him against the world thing. And I just related to him. I, just, I watched Little Monsters for the first time. Freaked me out. <laughs> But he has an adult level grasp of dialogue and he could also do physical comedy and he just seemed every time I saw him on screen, I was just happy. Yeah, I don't know if that means he won the 80s. It's, it's not a bad pick, but you set the bar for bad picks. So that's why I'm giving you some <laughs> space on this one. Uh, Missy had Fred Savage. Ryan Lavender had Will Wheaton. I thought that was kind of wild. Um, Is he in anything else besides Stand By Me? I'd have to look. Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. Not iconic stuff. No. Uh, Chris Williams and Remo Hunt both had River Phoenix. That's a really good pick. It is. Now, you kind of forget sometimes some about him. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Explorers. Stand By Me. Stand By Me. I mean, those are two big ones. The Skill Cozy's good. Yeah, well, yeah, you weren't a huge fan of them. Well, you weren't a fan of Harrison Ford in that. Yeah, and Last Crusade, I mean, as a young indie. Yeah. Uh, Paul Cavanaugh had Corey Haim. Um, not a bad pick. Again, I, so my pick is not mentioned by any of them. I think it'll surprise you a little bit. I went with Corey Feldman. No, that was my backup. Okay, so Corey Feldman, when you think about the 80s and you think about winning the 80s and you think about his roles i think a lot of people forget sometimes that gremlins yeah i mean go let's go even further back he does the voice of a young copper in fox in the house no way i didn't yep. know that yep. Corey feldman that's where i'll start with him and that's an 81 he's tommy in friday the 13th the final chapter that's 84 and then we get him as pete and gremlins and again for child actors i think the reason that i picked him is because he really has got all this energy and pizzazz and he's just a little kid you think of him as he gets older and he's more of like a teenager teenager towards the end of the 80s but early 80s mid 80s he's playing little kid roles and he's playing them really well he then does another friday the 13th still is tommy uh, a new beginning and that is in 85 and then max how could i i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't goonies, do the goonies right mouth mouth and he's th- really good he's really good and then stand by me that cast in that movie he not only holds his own but he doesn't come across as being out of place with these other just powerhouse performances by river phoenix by will wheaton and he's the most firecracker intense kind he's of great. like yeah he's great and he goes right from that to the Lost Boys as Edgar Frog, which how can <laughs> not you, his best role. No, but he, he's he, just he, Rambo. Yeah. I, oh, he's great. He's <laughs> I totally disagree. I just watched an interview with him the other day, yeah. and there's a quote that's in that movie about like killing vampires, like they're not dead until the blood's gone or something. Some weird quote, but he remembers it because it was the first time he ever gave notes back to a director, and it was like his act. He was like 13, yeah, and he actually like wrote that line, and they used it. He was to this day <laughs> so excited mood. about it. Yeah, which I thought was great and then uh i mean <laughs> these movies are great for, for me again i love license to drive in the burbs oh yeah he is incredible in both of those the I burbs still he's the best part of the he's burbs. still a kid and he's still a kid in both those movies the burbs he's the best part of the movie he is un- unquestionably uh and then max dream a little dream, dream. A little dream you know i love oh, that movie uh, so for me Corey feldman i won, love it won I, the 80s as a child actor. absolutely love it love Corey. Right, there you go so there you go uh all right i take this from writer child actor producer yeah producer's a tough one what do producers do? So I think their overall responsibility is getting it all together. Yep. Like they're going to go get the director and get the director signed on. They're going to go get the actors. They're going to work the budgets. You know, like the producers or the houses that are pushing everything out. Got it. So nothing. I hate you so much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Producers do stuff. Who you got, Max? I hope to be a producer one day. You'll never be one. Who do you got? <laughs> so I went with someone who started producing movies in 1941. He grew up selling spaghetti in his father's pasta factory and moved all the way to the top. Sure. This is Casey Kasem. It sounds like a Casey Kasem <laughs> intro. I went Dino De Laurentiis. Do you know who that is? Nope. No? Nope. 
So he did De Laurentiis Productions. Like he started his own production house. Mm-hmm. They did Flash Gordon. Okay. Conan. He's the savior of the universe. <laughs> Flash. You gonna let me finish? Yeah, you can go down. <laughs> I mean, just that alone. That's it. That's all he did. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Amityville Horror 2. Mm-hmm. Halloween 3. Ah. <laughs> Firestarter. Ooh. Conan the Destroyer. I'm kind of surprised that nobody picked uh, What's-Her-Face for the child actor. Um, Firestarter. What's the little girl? Drew Barrymore. Andrew yeah, Barrymore. It's that neat teeth. I bet those two big ones. Yeah. Uh, bu- 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 bu. <laughs> I don't know. She's a better actress as uh, an adult. Yeah. 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 All right. Continue. I, uh, Conan the Destroyer. Yes. Dune. God. <laughs> Raw Deal. All right. Manhunter. Sure. Blue Velvet. I like it. Your favorite. Big time. <laughs> Maximum Odor. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Maximum, Maximum Overdrive. Overdrive. Evil Dead and uh, Evil Dead 2. All right. That's, I mean, that's pretty freaking epic, right? I'm not complaining, Max. Yeah, I like and, it. And he's he hits my like he tried weird stuff like that stuff is not com- blue blue velvet or Manhunter Michael Mann's kind of movies or David you're, Lynch's. You're, you're a Michael Mann. I am. I'm a Michael boy. No, no, they don't like that. that got weird. Uh, and the Conan movies, a Flash, like these are weird movies that somehow worked. Like he took a lot of swings. Not a bad pick. <laughs> not a bad pick. I can't believe you didn't know who he was. No, I don't. Max, I don't know things. I told you. My brain shot. Uh, (laughs) All right. uh, Co-pilots. Missy went with Spielberg. Ryan Lavender. John Hughes. Chris Williams went with Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy, um, she was Best Picture uh, in 86 for The Color Purple. And she did E.T. as well. I think she is like an offshoot of Spielberg. Oh, nice. I'm I'm not 100% on that, but I believe that's correct. Uh, And we had Chris Williams and Remo Hunt both picked her. I think you're going to like the one I picked. It didn't get mentioned by anyone. I have a feeling i know who do you think i'm gonna pick don simpson no oh. that was really that was a good that's a great pick yeah uh richard donner oh interesting because goonies well you've got i can't believe i'm saying this you got lady hawk which apparently some people liked you got the goonies lethal weapon the lost boys scrooged lethal weapon too that's a pretty solid list. i that's I, I right it's weird when it comes to producers i kind of separated them from if they were associated with the movie, you didn't ways. want to give them a double dip. You want people who are pure producers. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. I thought about that too. But Donner really, I mean, th- that's him and his wife started that production house and they really rolled with it. So I, th- I thought it was worth doing. Yeah, no, I like it. Okay. Donner's cool. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you read the stories about Don Simpson? Yes. And his yeah, he's wild. $60,000 yes, a week. I'm, I'm well aware of his habits. They're not all that wonderful. All right. Uh, this takes us to our final category, which is composer, which is my favorite. You yep. know how I feel about music. Uh, this was very exciting for me. So, Max, who do you have for composer? So he did Howard the who Duck. Who won the 80s for you as a composer? He only composed for Howard the Duck, and that was it. I, I wouldn't put it past you. You throw so much garbage out there that no. I like. you say things when you make jokes. I sometimes think they're the truth. It's fair. I went with a monster. No, this this one I think I'm going to win. Well, you you probably picked the same one that everybody picked. Giorgio Moroder. Really? Yeah. Not the one that everybody picked. The king of disco. I'm I'm well aware of who he is. So American Gigolo. Yep. Which, by the way, have you watched it recently? No. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't know why. Flashdance. Yes. I mean, that's super iconic. Scarface. What a feeling. Yes. Scarface. Mm -hmm. Um, Top Gun. Yeah. Over the Top. Yeah. The Never Ending Story. Over the Top. Yeah. The never-ending story. Yeah. And like you said, who won the 80s? He got synth music popular. The whole kind of weird kind of new wave techno and EDM stuff is kind of based on him. And he won three Academy Awards. You won three Academy Awards? I did, but I don't tell people that. No, you don't. 
Max, um, it's a good pick. Use. It's a good pick. Our co-pilots, uh, Missy took Alan Silvestri, got the Grammy nomination for Best Original Score, Best Instrumental Composition for Back to the Future, Original Score 88 for Roger Rabbit. Uh, you've got Lavender wanted Harold Faltemeyer, who got the really Oscar for Best Music in Beverly Hills Cop 2, Golden Globes for Best Original Song in Beverly Hills Cop 2, Shake Down, Break Down, You Busted. <laughs> Which was with what's his face? Uh, I think it's Bob Seeker. Okay, cool. I could be wrong. That could be a total mo mis miscalculation. So I'm trying to think who would you would pick. Um, wait, I'm, I'm done with uh, Silvestri. You also got Top Gun. Oh, that's really who good. won the Grammy in '87 for pop instrumental. Uh, what else? Probably Hills Cop won the score nominated for Axel F. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and uh, I got nothing else. I had to go with who Chris Williams and Remo Hunt went with. Can I guess who you picked? Sure. Danny Elfman? Nope. Uh, Elmer Bernstein? Nope. Uh, wow, I know. John Williams. Oh, yeah. Gotta go John Williams, man. Farts. It's really Gotta good. Go. I mean, yeah. 81, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So that's the Academy Award. Imperial Death March. He was nominated for Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., which, which he won. He yeah. won for E.T., the Oscar. Temple of Doom in 85. For the monkey brain parfait. Oh, <laughs> um, and River, which I've never seen. The River, I've never seen. Uh, and then Emperor of the Sun. Yeah, I mean, that's a winner. Yeah. John Williams is uh, he he's so prolific. Around, I don't consider dude. him part of the 80s. You know? I, I, yeah. I know. Yeah. And I also think that we do this weird thing with Star Wars sometimes where it's so big and expansive that we sometimes just forget that it's also two thirds of it is 80s yep. prior to all the new stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got to go with John Williams. I went to go see the DSO play at some concert where they're doing the music of John Williams. If you mm. ever get a chance to go do that and listen to like an outside. That's the candlelight one, right? It, no, it, I, I know they do that now, but I, Trisha and I went at like DTE, I think we got tickets to it and it was the coolest thing in the world to watch them play the music from Star Wars. It was it very, is it was you very, cry? I did not cry. Yeah. I'm not above crying though. <laughs> you know, Leonardo DiCaprio takes his like first dates out to like a rented out movie theater and shows him the star wars trilogy and like does uh lightsaber tricks <laughs> i did not know that that's uh that's something and uh max that <laughs> respect that that, that <laughs> jesus christ that concludes our episode and it slides us right on over to the buzz in the tower fan spotlight Next, this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is none other than the 18-year-old Brendan Shell. Here's why I can't get over his age. I don't want to sound like a creep every time I call him the 18-year-old Brendan Shell. <laughs> I'm blown away by how much you love 80s movies, and you are not 18. You are 36. 36. People are blown away by how much I love 80s movies. I'm 43, so technically I should be more of a 90s movie guy. You got an 18-year-old today. And this kid is just, he's all in. I love that he's all in. It, it actually, outside of when we get international fans. It fires me up. It fires me up when there's some 18-year-old is like, I want to hang. I, I want, let's get the beer bong and let's watch some weird <laughs> science, man. And I'm just like, yes. How, how, how freaked out would his parents be if you and I just rolled up like 38-year-old and 43-year-old. Like a 30-rack in jean shorts. Yeah. We're like, hey, where's Brendan? We're at a party. And his parents brought are probably the, our age. Brought the Top Gun VHS. Let's go. His parents could very reasonably be my age. Yep. If they had him when they were young enough. Yeah. That's incredible. Incredible. So let me do the let me do the raw math here. I'm forty three. I'm forty. Oh my. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> All right. I'm interested to hear what the young buck had to say. So let's uh, roll into it. Roll out. What's up, Mo and Max? Brandon Shell here. I am honored to be on your guys' show here today, and I've been tasked to answer two very important questions here today. Who is my favorite '80s actor and favorite '80s director? For my favorite actor, I'm gonna have to go with Tom Cruise, and yes. 
Top Gun is probably, if not, one of my favorite movies, which may seem like I am more biased to him, but that is not the case. His performance in not only Risky Business, but Cocktail sold me. I think he shows a lot of emotion in Cocktail, which is a side of Tom I have never really seen, but I think the more important thing is, I think we all just want to be Tom Cruise in any of these movies. And that is why I chose him for the best actor in the 80s. For my favorite 80s director, I'm going to have to go with Steven Spielberg. I mean, come on, Indiana Jones? Do I even need to say more? But I just want to thank you guys for having me on the show. Keep doing what you guys are doing. And, uh, oh wait, one more thing. I feel the need. The, the need, need for speed. speed. He crushed it. I mean. When it comes out of his mouth, I, I'm more okay with it than when you said it. I feel like he could I feel like he could replace you. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. He's got better energy. He doesn't sound like an idiot. So it's I, like, you know how Dave Portnoy has the podcast with that young guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You got Portnoy vibes. Yeah. You do. <laughs> you Because really I'm angry and I eat pizza? Well, and you're like. Sure yourself and uh, confident. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am wonderful. I yeah. think the word is you were. And you're worth a hundred million dollars. One billion dollars. <laughs> Brent, knows uh, the rules. Brendan, I got to tell you, bro. We're but listen to me. Crushing uh, it. You know it's so funny. You and I talk to one 18 year old, and you're we're like, yeah, bro, crushing it. Apps, <laughs> salutes, totes, my goats. <laughs> no cap. No cap. <laughs> I don't know any other cool words. Bam. I'm totally out of cool stuff. Uh, Help me, please. Oh, I learned, by the way, don't give the thumbs up emoji. It's seen as condescending. Really? Yeah. Who told you that? The younger generation. Oh, my I God. I know. Isn't that crazy? Did you get a middle finger? Like, what's up? <laughs> I don't even give emojis because I'm just whatever. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Awesome. Thank you for supporting the show as always. And awesome picks. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome sauce. I ran out of cool things to say. I just say awesome. You sure are a hip kid, a hip dude, a righteous. You're a righteous with, with dude. Your moon pie. Ferris Bueller is a righteous dude. <laughs> One righteous dude. Yeah. Max, that concludes the show. Uh, do you want me to do a quick recap of the picks? No. No, I don't either. <laughs> you cool. should have listened. Pa- yeah. Paid better attention. <laughs> takes us to the end of the episode. And as always, I'll remind you, if you have not subscribed or you are not following us, please do so ASAP. Uh, because quite frankly, we get more Brendans and I don't even care. You guys can piss off. I want I want, I want. <laughs> more 18 year old that's super weird <laughs> nope please stop me from saying weird creep i want what, what are you a size six brendan she a big fat person oh good <laughs> jesus christ but seriously if you ever wants to get your beer no i'm not i can't say that uh all right max follow us on social media at buzz in the tower patreon.com slash buzz in the tower become a patron as soon as you can it's just the right thing to do other than that, I have nothing else to say. How do you want to end this fantastic episode? I'm. I think I. I think I intellectually crashed my dad's Porsche into a lake today. You did. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think you and George are gonna have to have some words when he gets home from work. So I'm gonna say, uh, life is grand, isn't it? Wait, is it George or Morris? Oh, Morris. It's you. I know. That's why I got so confused. I said George. I'm like, I don't know why I said George. I thought you meant like George Lucas or something oh, like that. No. You, I, I think you words. and Morris are going to have to have some words when I you just, get home from I just work. agree with everything you say. I know. God, it's the worst. It's, it is the worst. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, huzzah! Good stuff. All right. I don't even know how you ended. I wasn't paying attention, but it sounded great. So we'll keep that. And then how do I want to end? Here's the deal, Max. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. You need to look that up. I know that one backwards. I had to look things up. Yeah. I thought I'd do a little Talladega Nights. If you ain't first, you're last. A little shake and bake. Yeah, a little shake and bake. <laughs> Go together like uh, Chinese food and peanut butter. <laughs> Max, have a lovely week. I'll see you next week. Adios. Later. You're still here? 
It's over. Go home. Go.